just sitting outside it uh, at um, Thompson Park. I uh, was on my way to Bluffers and uh, there was, I just saw the sign for the parking lot, I just saw the open parking lot and uh, no traffic coming so made a sharp fast turn and uh, here I am, decided hey I don't have to go to Bluffers today, I've been there all week. I like the uh, I like the park. I like seeing the dogs running about. I've talked about this before. I've podcast from here before. So uh, yeah, here we are. I had said last time I would talk to you from uh, you. What's the name of the park I'm going to? Emily, and uh, you'll hear from me from Emily. Now here comes a nice dog. He looks kind of old. Your dog looks a little bit old. Is he old and tired? Uh, no. He's no? Young. He just has some leg problems. Oh no. Yeah. That's too bad. That's why he's going slow. Oh. Making it work though, you know? Yeah. Lovely dog. Take care. Hmm. Sorry. <laughs> I always comment. I, I seldom ever say the right thing. But uh, anyway. Okay. Now where were we? <laughs> I was at Scarborough Town Center. Um, they have a place called the Hub, or the Hub East. And um, from a church bulletin, I saw, oh, the thing that I was doing, or taking part in, months ago, uh, when a young lady interviewed me as a member of the church to create some kind of a poem, and then later they sent a photographer around, and apparently all this is ready now. So uh, I drove to, uh, I thought, okay, why don't I start the day there, 300 Barrel Drive, find the hub inside the mall, and uh, when I got there, it was all closed. So not yet, not yet. Anyway, um, I then realized, okay, now wait a minute now, I'm very close to Brimley from where I am now. Yeah, just exit the parking lot and I'll be on Brimley, and Brimley leads straight to um Bluffers Park, just straight down the road, all the way, down the hill, and you're at the water. But then saw this uh, this little opening in the traffic. Oh, no, 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 I don't have to go there today. I got shopping to do, and so this is a much better choice. And I love the fact that you can have a plan, but you've always got to be open to changes in the plan, because, you know, what was so important about going to Bluffers anyway? Uh, all the while knowing that... That change makes this a completely different podcast. Like what I'm talking about now and that little uh, interaction I had with the lady and her lame dog uh, wouldn't have happened at Bluffers. And maybe the way I'm feeling and the thoughts I'm having. I'll tell you what is going on. I got an email and I found it so annoying. 
it was a response to, you know, basically, why would anybody need all those biographies of Kerouac? It's all the same stuff. You know, and I, and I had very carefully explained why I needed this new Kerouac biography. The Voice is All, The Lonely Victory of Jack Kerouac by Joyce Johnson, author of Minor Characters. Uh, but this person just sort of dismissed it. Yeah, I had heroes when I was young, but I outgrew it, you know. I, it was just, it was so annoying. And I know so often on Facebook you get these little... Uh, memes and quotes and things about getting rid of anybody who's poison in your life or upsets you. And I and I always uh, feel a little bit uncomfortable at those because you've got to forgive friends. You've got to try and understand people of why somebody, maybe they were in a bad mood that particular day. And, and the idea of just, no, I'll just get rid of them because they bothered me. I I I really not comfortable with that at all, uh, and I will go a long way. And I and generally I almost always forgive eventually, um, because I, I I think this is just the easy way. No no I didn't like that didn't like that they made me feel bad. Well, take a closer look at yourself. Why did you feel bad? Why were you annoyed? What put you off? What exactly was it? What had you done that maybe made a person respond that way? Anyway, in this case. <laughs> I did that, and uh, this person who I'm annoyed with was clearly in the wrong, and it was really meant to piss me off, and it did. But um, the thing to do is, well, just don't answer back in anger. Just uh, let it go. Let it go. You know, just forgive and forget and move on. So that's what I'm doing. I've gone back and I've just read a passage. And, of course, it tells me I know why I have this book and why it's important. And this person never will understand that. But uh, that's a person who prefers sports over arts anyway. So there's there's an answer right there. All right. So moving on, what do I have to say? Uh, this book is fabulous. And it, it's just so in-depth. And, of course... I mean, I could reread so many of the books that I've got now as if I was reading it for the first time. You know what I mean. Um, but hey, this this for sure is the first time, and it's really covering territory in depth, and in particular about Kerouac's French-Canadian roots. Uh, and that's that's really important, and, and that's important in, in terms of understanding uh, Kerouac. So... All right, I don't, you know, I, I think this is just going to be an introduction. Tomorrow, today's Saturday, i got to go do shopping after this uh, for some groceries. And uh, then tomorrow I'm off to the campground, and that's where you'll hear from me next. So this is just an introduction to uh, a podcast that I'll probably call Emily, because that's I've been naming my podcast after the parks I've gone to all summer. Scarborough Dude, signing out from... Uh, this wonderful, wonderful park. I mean, it's huge area, all fenced in with wonderful old wooden fences, and inside each park, the, the park's divided into three different lots, huge lots for you know plenty of room for dogs to run. What luxury! Um, and play with each other, which they're all doing now, and lots of chairs and tables and things for the owners just to sit, maybe chat with each other if they want. You know, there'd be the same people would be coming here every Saturday. 
Uh, and I like the way there is a, there is another slightly smaller fenced-in area just for little dogs. Just the little dogs are allowed there. And sometimes somebody will have a very frisky little dog and they'll put them in with the big dogs. Uh, I see a, a little dog now very, you know, th- th- these are, these aren't, uh, these might be puppy mill dogs or, uh, you know, ones that people have bought and paid for because it's a special breed. Um, whereas the big dog section looks like oh, it's anything goes. So anyway, it's uh, it's kind of nice, and it's uh, it's just another reflection of the uh, civilized world I'm fortunate enough to live in, that you can have uh, free dog parks for the citizens and their dogs. <laughs> Scarborough Dude, signing off. Bye for now. Check, check. Yeah, that was a nice change. Uh, I forgot all about you. Um, so often I get camping and, uh, first thing I want to do is say, I'm here, here I am. Um, but I just got busy. I was reading. I'm at Emily in Provincial Park, as I said I'd be. Uh, wonderful camp spot, number 309. And the next campsite's 310, 311, like it's a double site. And right after that, uh, it's, you're down on the, uh, on the river, Pigeon River. So it's a beach, so very short walk. That's rare. And, of course, in my condition, when walks can be difficult, uh, it's wonderful just to get out on the road. Um, No sign of, like, a lot of other parks have, you know, very nice central washrooms with showers and so on. And I don't even see that on the map here. I did see an outhouse somewhere on the beach, you know, one of those uh, gravity dump things. (laughs) Anyway, that's not an not an urgent thing now. It's a lovely spot. It's uh, very long, fully treed, like you can't see any neighbors at all. And uh, I drove straight in, and then realized, oh, this is not going to work. But the the site was big enough that I could actually turn around in the site. You know, several little turns back, forward, back, forward, back, forward, but actually reverse the whole thing. So uh, I'm nicely parked. But it's a very long site, so from where I'm sitting now in front of the fire, it's 36 paces. These are my little steps that I have to take back to the van. And that's where I have all the firewood and the chairs. So I've been making trips back and forth. It's crazy that they've got a picnic table at the far end. That's even further, you know, 45 paces maybe uh, at that end. And then the uh, fire pit here towards the front. I, I just don't know why they did it that way. But Anyway, so I was just debating whether I'd have a fire or not and realized, no, the rain has held off. There's been no rain yet. Forecast was rain all day, but uh, not where I am. So uh, that's been very nice. And um, driving here, wonderful. You know, I, I always do the avoid highways routes. So you're going down so many of these little rural roads and roads you've never been on before and out back of Port Perry and on to all kinds of places. It's just wonderful. Side roads, you wonder, is this, is, could this be right? Like there's no traffic, nothing, like country laneways. Beautiful, beautiful drive. Um, and again, all thanks to the wonderful app on my phone. I mean, I couldn't do that with a, with a map. I'd be sort of stopping every 10 minutes. Now, wait a minute, We're left or right, you know? Uh, this just tells you, okay, one kilometer, turn left. Anyway, I love that part. 
Uh, on the road, I saw a sign said firewood, and I drove past it. Then I saw later on another one, firewood, $7 a bag. And uh, the parks charge at least that for lousy wet wood and not a very big bag. So I doubled back, drove back to the site, and uh, didn't have any change. So I had $15, and I'll get my money's worth. I'll buy two bags, and then I'll take a couple of extra sticks. That wasn't too cheap of me, you know. Hey, I'm not going to tip the guy. Uh, so left the it's just, you know, the honor system. I'm sure they have a camera. But anyway, put my $15 in. And uh, then, hmm, just an hour ago or so, boy, it's dark now. It gets dark early this time of the year. Um, I was able to uh, get some of this wood out with my axe and uh, split it into uh, smaller pieces for a starter. So I've got a fire going, and the good feeling is that around home, because of the balance, I, I'm feeling useless. Like today, Nalka was doing everything, like loads of laundry for the whole house and beds and sheets and and then all the vacuuming and then cleaning and, and just everything she was doing. Didn't make me feel bad. Didn't do it to make me feel bad. But like she, you know, I'm I'm loading up the road trek trying to get going and I'm feeling tired. Just each trip back and forth and I'm just kind of a little getting. Got to be so careful not to be cranky when you're old. Man, it, it's just so easy to just be grumpy, grumpy, you know, and uh, I've got to watch that. So anyway, she was kindly, she had the doors open. I'd, I'd come get out of the road trek, come back to the house and the doors are wide open and the next container or the cooler or something is right at the door. She's just trying to help. I'm saying, wait, you slow down. You know, hey, I got to check everything first. But anyway, it all got done. And uh, here we are, well settled in. The fire's going very well now. Just put on a second log. Uh, you The trick with these... The food, the food, the wood was uh, by the side of the road. So, of course, it wasn't covered and last night's rain got it wet. So uh, you got a fire going with a little kindling and paper and cardboard and old egg crates, you know, whatever you have. And then you put three pieces up on the grate over the fire to uh, for the heat to help dry. And uh, there you go. So I guess the, the only thing I wanted to say was that coming here for all the things I can't do around home, I can't ride a bike, I can't go for a decent walk, and so much I can't do. Going out on a trip like this alone and being able to chop up some, you know, big pieces into kindling and to get a fire going and prepare the meals and get set up properly, it just it's a good feeling. I, I'm independent. I can still do this shit. So uh, that's what I wanted to share with you, because it's uh, it's easy to uh, get old. I just had an email back from uh, Barnacle Bill, sort of saying he the way he's feeling now, he doesn't think he'd be able to set up a tent again. Last summer, or last trip to Vancouver, 2019, uh, he and I and Adam Greetrix camped on uh, Vancouver Island, but got rained out. Let me really rained out. This is rainforest territory and you just yeah we had to cut our losses cut the trip short 
But uh, he just did the most amazing job of pitching his tent before the rains came. And uh, I was quite impressed. thought, oh, I, I couldn't do that. And it nicely down with a tarp on top. But it, uh, you know, two years, this is two years later. And he's saying, I don't know if I can do that now. So anyway, we're all getting older, my friends are. That's why I'm glad to have younger friends amongst you, some of you listeners. And, uh, yeah, so I'm just going to shut this down. I'm not going to waste any more of your time. I'm going to get back to enjoying my uh, my beer. I've got an IPA here. Um, too dark to read. I'll read when I'm back inside today. And then I've got all day tomorrow, which is uh, Monday. And then I don't leave till uh, Tuesday. I might stay right through till 2. It's only a, maybe a two-hour drive or so back home and then take those same wonderful back roads and uh, the the other thing I wanted to add was I love driving the road trek it's you're high up it's a big vehicle but I feel so comfortable in that I really feel good driving I mean I was pretty nervous for that first few months driving that damn thing now it's just you know it's just comfortable uh, I did have an, uh, have an observation I was um, on Markham Road I started the journey and uh, there was an advanced green, like flashing green arrow in front of me for the left turn lane. I wasn't in that lane. I was in the middle. But suddenly I hear this horn leaning on a horn. I look over and it's a pickup truck. Well, there's a guy in front of him. The green arrow turned yellow. And normally, if it was me, I race through on a yellow if it's a green arrow. Because you know it's going to be a while before the next arrow comes up. So you can go, and you know the lights are timed, that nobody's going to, you know, coming towards you is going to... There's a pause between when that light goes off before the oncoming traffic gets a, a green to go. So you're safe to, to cut it, you know. But this guy didn't. Uh, he just stopped his car, and I guess the pickup had to slam on his brakes. And I thought, well, first of all, what's a pickup doing in Scarborough? Like, this, this is not farm country and they're seeing you, you can see it in america but we're seeing it here in canada more and more and more pickup trucks like everywhere from people who don't need pickup trucks in the city but it's a masculine thing it's a thing like hey i got balls and they tend to be more aggressive drivers i'm making generalizations here i know that but i think they're they're safe generalizations there's a little bit of aggression there's a little bit of male testosterone that goes with having a pickup and uh, I, don't, I don't like it and that's just that guy leaning on his horn is what brought all this to mind so I'll leave it at that maybe you agree maybe you don't maybe you have a pickup truck I doubt it I don't think there are that many pickup truck listeners to the Dixon Jane's podcast and if I've insulted you well you probably deserve it Scarborough dude <laughs> Signing off on a, you know, it's going to be a very pleasant night. It's nice and cool. And I'm just delighted that uh, I can have a fire and the rain is holding off. So I'm just going to sit and enjoy this for a little while. Haven't had a toke. Don't need one today. Maybe tomorrow. But uh, I'm just going to mellow out with the fire and a beer. Bye for now. Chick, chick, chick. Chicken in the oven, chicken in the oven. Ugh, my voice still isn't working. It's weird when you're by yourself and you're not talking to anyone. Uh, 
and suddenly you have to turn on your voice again. Oh, does it work? Can I form words with my mouth? It seems a little harder. I don't know. Ah, uh, it is morning. It is, uh, I don't know. What time is it? Do you want to know? I'll tell you. Get my iPhone at 10.23 in the a.m. This would be Monday. Um, October 4th, my anniversary, my fifth anniversary, uh, right here with Sal. I'm sitting under the awning. It's not raining. Uh, it rained during the night. Uh, the awning caught a lot of it because it sort of sags in the middle. So the first thing you do when you open the door is you push up on the awning and you watch the buckets of water go down uh, the ends. And uh, everything underneath the awning was nice, safe, and dry. So that's why I had all the firewood out and uh, all parked by the road trek. Anyway, yeah. Five years ago today, I drove Sal home for the first time. A very nerve-wracking drive from, uh, God, I don't even know where, uh, you know, towards Guelph area, where I bought it. And uh, now here we are. And so I knew this weekend was the time to sell. And I'm going to try and make this tradition, like every anniversary, to be out camping, if I can, or thereabouts. I know I was in Lowell, I guess, was that 2018? for the Jack Kerouac celebrations for uh, for one of the times parked outside the uh, the old Worthen where Jack is known to have drunk and that's sort of the, the meeting place for uh, for the Kerouac fans I posted my book on the Kerouac site and got lots of comments and uh, was interesting because there's a lot of you know there's scholars and just fans and people from all over and uh, I was sort of saying I was you know he was not in my good books kind of thing I was being very judgmental of Jack I think the biggest thing him not till much too late in life uh, acknowledging that he had a daughter and uh, Jan Kerouac who died too young uh, she wrote a couple of books. You you know that if you're a Kerouac fan. Uh, maybe some of you aren't, and you wouldn't know that. And you wouldn't care anyway. But uh, the thing is, Jack should have acknowledged uh, that he had a daughter. He was always poor, and whatever money he had was trying to just keep him and his mother alive. Um, and was sadly, and this is the other thing I have against him, a real drunk towards the, a drunk towards the end of his life. He he let he always was, I think the the he was shy basically and alcohol goes well with covering up shyness and uh, insecurity. And uh bitter and just kind of a, a sad ending and, and that's why I, I have just so much I was trying to do my own Mount Rushmore. All right, who are my four American heroes? You know, and I know uh, there's all kinds of ways of playing this game, but all right, who are the four you would put up there? And I came up with uh, Henry Miller, Timothy Leary, Allen Ginsberg, and I haven't got the fourth yet. Uh, and, and a lot of people would say, well, it should be Kerouac. But I've sort of got the beats covered. Leary with the acid. Ginsburg for being openly homosexual, gay before, you know, it was a, as as uh, 
openly public as it is now, uh, and also transcending, going from the beats to the hippies and sort of bridging that gap beautifully and, and being a guiding light for them. Um, so this Ginsburg, this Leary, this Henry Miller, or Timothy Leary, of course, for the acid and, and the balls the guy had just to take the chances he did and uh, having such an impact on the 60s. Those three, and then you could go Ken Kesey. They're all writers. I mean, Ginsburg was a poet. Uh, Miller, of course, a writer. Leary, uh, a futurist, but also and big on the computers early in the game, uh, but also wrote a lot, a scholar at that. Um, so, Kesey, uh, not quite, I'm just not sure. Kerouac, because of my disappointment in his later years, I don't know. So I don't have a fourth spot for American heroes. And I guess I, I should narrow that down because why don't I have, you know, Roy Rogers or Daniel Boone or somebody in there? <coughs> I'm, I'm, it, it leads more towards uh, writers, artists. Um, so, yeah, don't have any actors or anybody in there. Anyway, I'll, uh, I'll let you know if I find the fourth. Um, last night, I really enjoyed the fire and sat down right till I had two more, basically, you know, pieces burning and just watched them right to the very end. It was wonderful. Ah, but what I didn't tell you, under the influence of Barnacle Bill, who likes to cook a dog over a fire and insists on having fires, um, I went back and, uh, loaded up my grill. I have a wonderful grill. I'm looking at it now. It's got a long handle. I bought it at Canadian Tire. And it's like a double grill. You you can open it up and put things. You could put burgers in there, hot dogs. I've talked about this before. And then the, gr- the grill closes and <coughs> there's a little ring lock mechanism so that you can turn this thing over. Nothing's going to fall out. And you can sit it right on the fire, on the grill, on the logs, any way you want. Sorry. Um, and I cooked two dogs and uh, brought them back. Saved one. Could have that for lunch later. And the other one I had wrapped in a tortilla. I bought a little package, perfect for camping, 10 little mini tortillas with a sealable link on the bag. And it was perfect because bread will just take the grease and just turn into a soggy mess. The way these things are made with the corn flour or whatever, they can hold the grease. And boy, was that delicious. And this time I remembered to pack mustard. So uh, that was a highlight. And then, uh, you know, I was in bed by 11-ish, read a little bit, fell asleep, and then woke up around 2 like wide awake because that's you know that that's too early for me normally to go I'm always in bed not till after midnight um anyway up at two you know wow Mel may as well turn on the light and I got out my uh, Asimov book the um, end of eternity and I had saved the last 20 30 pages and the most wonderful thing was lying very cozy in my sleeping bag with this little overhead light on, 
like I'm in a in a in a cabin in a ship or something, uh, and finished the book. And it was the perfect time to finish it. Like I've been saving the ending. It's building up to this climax. You're not quite sure how it's going to end. Uh, but he just he's just a masterful storyteller. What a talent. And there are so many of them out there, Highland's another, and, and you know, Ursula Le Guin and, and uh, other writers I can't even think of, uh, science fiction. But my God, it was a perfect ending. And what a joyful time to, to choose between 2 and 3.30 to lie there. Now I'm going to end this book I've been saving and treasuring. I'm going to end it now. So speaking of ending it now or beginning it now or holy moly, better do something soon. Uh, I need a toilet. I'm going to have to find one. Now, there are ways you can go into um, a Walmart and buy these special poop bags of a kind. I guess you can fit them over a toilet seat or whatever and uh, they catch everything and uh, and then dispose of them properly. Don't just wrap them up and throw them into the bush. Um but I didn't do that. I haven't done that. And the bags I brought with me for garbage, oh, you know, that could be, it could be messy. I know you don't want to hear about this, but I'm just, hey, this is what's pressing right now. So, <laughs> so I'm going to get this map. I'm going to find out, come on, there's got to be, you know, nice, flush, clean, flushable toilets somewhere in this park. I can't drive. I'm going to have to walk, so I don't want to be too far. But, uh, yeah, so I will uh, cut this short and get back to you when all is said and done. Scarborough Dude signing off. Hope you enjoyed that little uh, catch-up. And, uh, yeah, it's the coffee that's worked on me. Back soon. Bye for now. And we're back. Oh, yeah. Folks, I want to make a toast. Uh, maybe a little early for you. Maybe too late. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you don't have a drink handy. Uh, but this is uh, some Cointreau. I um, I brought it. I kept it in the road track thinking, oh, you know, I need something to go with my coffee. But this is not a good drink to mix in coffee. You need something strong. Brandy or, you know, a good Greek brandy. You know, Metaxa or something. Uh, but a sweet liqueur like this, maybe the orange peel. Mm-mm. So we're going to drink it from the wine glass. Ah, boy, this reminds me of many special occasions. A Thanksgiving, a Christmas, uh, a gathering with uh, Deb and Brent. Uh, just, you know, you bring out the liqueurs after a nice dinner and coffee. Coffee. Oh, I've just about finished my... Uh, thermos here. I don't think I'll make another one. I've also got a nice bottle of wine I've been kind of saving. Uh, I'll save just a splash. This is the thermos Naoko brought me back from Japan. They just work so well. Let's see. Uh, Zojirushi. Zojirushi. Um... I've talked a few times about when you're camping. You just want to have the things you need. Like I talked about the uh, the grill. The axe I have has got a, a really heavy head on it, a very solid uh, uh, wood handle, maybe hickory. 
it's a good one. Like it's the only axe I'll ever need. Um, and then you you pick up other things along the way, you know, and, and, and these little things, these little treasures, they begin to mean so much. I mean, remember, I've got my spoon here, my, my number one spoon for camping is the one that uh, started off my um, YouTube video series. It's the one I bought at Honest Ed's for uh, 25 cents, now going for $25, except it's not going to be sold because uh, I need it. Um, just stuff that makes everything easier. And uh, and, and there's, a, there's a special feeling about it. Yeah, this is my gear. This is... This is the stuff I need to, uh, to to function, to be comfortable. I don't know. Anyway, I uh, just took a picture. I, I posted. I mean, I put the, the Cointreau and the Thermos and the red, my favorite red cup that I bought from uh, Quebec City that I mention almost every time I go camping. It's so nice. I just love that it. it's got a white enamel finish uh, in inside. And then this bright, strong red, a bold red. And they had like a whole barrel full of them. And I thought, wow, that looks like a deal. I don't know. It was only maybe $4 or something. But it, it, I just, I love it. I actually love it. And it's okay to love things you have. Uh, so I had an incident last night. I, I forgot to tell you, and that's why I'm back on now. Um, I was... Poking away at the fire, and of course I'm using, oh, here's one more thing, the the Huron poker. If you go way back, probably a couple, a few years ago, there would have been mention of a, a stick I found on the beach of, on, on Lake Huron at one of the sites. Maybe it was McGregor, I don't remember. Uh, could have been Inver Huron. Anyway, I picked up this long stick that um, has since been my poker for every fire and you keep that in the back of the road trick you can't have a fire without a proper poker and uh this one boy it's got a sharp pointed end now from burning it it gets shorter and shorter every trip from just all the work it does uh, anyway i was using it last night and i guess i leaned over and suddenly honk 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 like really loud. I'm not going to do it loud because there's people walking by. And the lights flashing on and off my road trek. I had hit by accident. It's happened only once before. The emergency button on my key fob. And oh my God, like you're, you're sitting there. And I told you I was 36 paces away and I can't run. Uh, but all I needed was a key fob to shut it down, right? You didn't have to. I didn't have to get to the vehicle. But I'm not thinking at the time. You're staring into the fire, into the these sticks, and you're lost. And suddenly, these lights are flashing. Wow! Bright light headlights flashing, pointed right at you, and the horn blaring. Holy fuck! So you know, I know. Oh my God! That's the, the key. And I reach into my pocket and I start. Walking, you know, aiming towards the road track. And, of course, I drop the keys deep into the leaves in the dark. Now, luckily, without too much fuss and without falling, I was able to bend down and find them. And finally, you know, pushing this button, that button. Oh, my God. No, no, no. It's the it's the alarm button. It's the bottom one here. The warning. God, i got to take it out of my pocket now in case it happens again. Um, yeah, it's just. 
It's a big red button with a horn blaring on it. <laughs> and it was just an accident, but oh my God. Uh, and I only had the one neighbor, and I called when, when I finally got the button and everything stopped. I said, my apologies, and I heard a voice say, that's okay. Oh, but it would have shocked them just as much as it did me. Anyway, that was my adventure for the night, not an adventure I wanted, but things happen. Uh, so I'm back into, I'm just reading back into the Kerouac. Uh, one thing about Kerouac that I've always been interested in was his, I guess you'd call it his sexuality or his, his, his sexual makeup. Um, Jack had homosexual experiences with, you know, he allowed Ginsburg to give him blowjobs and so on. But I, I think when he talks about his early loves and things, I, I think he was maybe somebody you would, would call bisexual today. And some books deal with it and some just they don't want. They want to make him to be like the Neil Cassidy character, you know, the hero, the rough guy, the guy in the backpacker, the guy, the hobo who can hop freight trains and climb a mountain and, uh, you know, be a lookout in the uh, Cascade Mountains for a couple of months and just this rugged guy with the plaid lumberjacket shirts and so on, the drunk, the tough guy. And he wasn't all that. I mean, he did, he did those things, but that wasn't really who he was. Uh, yeah, sorry, my batteries died just in the middle of that rant. I was just seeing a lot of his, we're talking about Kerouac and his uh, sexuality and maybe his homosexuality. And it's it's something that I don't think, I think part of his struggle in his, you know, ending up an alcoholic and living with his mother was... And the inability to cope with that, like it would be such a sin. I mean, he grew up Catholic and, and it would have been something his mother didn't like. And maybe she knew and, and didn't, you know, just wouldn't acknowledge it. Um, there is one whole book, a uh, biography about Kerouac, that almost solely focuses on that part of his nature, which a lot of people have uh, um, tried to discredit. But I think this book, I think this book by uh, Joyce Johnson, is, who was a girlfriend for a year, is moving a little in that direction, maybe just talking about that. So uh, uh, if you're not interested in Kerouac or, you know, people's private lives, maybe this means nothing. But to me, it's, it's, it's uh, as I was trying to explain to a friend, I'm fascinated by what makes people tick. Like, what is it about them that, that drives them, that... that uh, Affects, impacts their behavior, their outlook, their, you know, everything about them. And uh, I think Kerouac was, had very conflicted, uh, maybe sexual desires. And uh, one of them I don't think he, he would have wanted to allow himself to own up to. Uh, in these more liberated times, I don't think it would have, would have been such a problem. But back then, it certainly was. It was like a woman getting pregnant. Oh my God, you got to hide that. Uh, out of wedlock, I mean. Okay, so that's all. Uh, now we have fresh batteries, but I don't want to talk to you anymore. All right? Yeah, there you go. So that. So there you go. Scarborough Dude, bye for now. Second button is play.
Turn it up a little bit. Oh, which would that button be? Oh my god. Second from the last. Oh, that was shut it off. Jesus, eh? I knew. Just turn on the fucking light. I knew I'd screw that up. I had a really nice little light in here. One that um, was a gift from... Ah, oh my God. Oh my God, it works. It's a gift from uh, Brent and Brandy. Little light you just stick to the wall. You know, it just goes on. You just touch it. But I thought it had burned out. One of them burned out. This one's still going. And it's exactly the light I needed to do what it is I'm trying to do. Ah, yes, and turn up the volume. Oh, I was off by one. Last one. Okay. First one, eject. Last one, stop. So I'm just trying to loaden it up a bit. Don't think it'll bother anybody. I hear the whir of a motor. That doesn't sound good. Okay, so here's the story. We'll shut that off, I guess. Oh, yes, they're tricky to shut off. There we go. I've got two candles going, which I never, ever do. I was very careful where I placed them, so nothing would get too hot under them. Flames going up under the microwave. Yeah, I think it's okay. Yeah. Just one small candle. And the other one is, uh, I think it's a, a Jesus candle. Kind of buy for saying prayers. I got that right close to me. On the... Uh, on the table I put up. I'm in the road trick. I uh, decided on a different kind of evening. Um, and I'm glad of it. Kind of went, I just wasn't, I wasn't in a, I don't know, I, my happy space had worn tired and wasn't in a happy space. I was just there. Okay, what are you going to do the evening? I mean, the day, I enjoyed the day. I enjoyed being at, I, the reading was a highlight from 2 to 3.30, finishing off uh, that book, The End of Eternity. Uh, that that was good. It was cozy. Um, and the day was fine. You know, I ate some weird things. Uh, the bubble ganoush was fine as a dip. Um, the tuna, I put raw onion in it. And you really shouldn't, I shouldn't eat raw onion. I don't think it agrees with me. I chopped up some raw onion and uh, had a can of tuna. And I didn't drain the water as well as I usually do. So it was kind of watery with a lot of mayonnaise thrown in. And you put that on a um, a little tortilla and then put some cheddar cheese on top. But too lazy to get out the broiler, so instead, uh, you know, on the grill. So instead microwaved it a little too long, and so it was just cheese melted onto the plate. But anyway, managed to get that down. And then a bit of a chicken pie that I had bought for the microwave, and just something didn't quite seem right about it. Something, I don't know, I don't like... Yeah, that doesn't taste good. You know, maybe, maybe it was just stale, not necessarily bad meat, but still. And I think the box had passed its expiry date. Although I'm sure I bought it after that date, but anyway. So I threw out half of that. Uh, anyway, me do found other things, and uh, everything's been fine. But the question came down to the evening. Do you really want to build another fire? Do you want to, I mean, move all that stuff. You heard the story last night. 36 paces for each thing i got to carry down there and carry back. 
And it's sort of weird because it's taken away. Like, but the home is where the awning is and where the road tracks parked, and even the t- picnic tables close by, and my chairs are here. And this is like going eh, walking down a ways, you know, and creating a new place there. Anyway, I realized if there was if I was with somebody else, we'd be sitting around a fire. On my own, I thought, why not have a cozy night inside? And thought about that a little bit, and that seemed really appealing. And the idea was, uh, turn the front chair around, the uh, like I do in the driveway at home, which I never do when I'm camping. And so I had to move a lot of shit, because I always use it just for piling stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sloppy while I'm camping, you know, just, all right, you got a chair there, that's where the coats are going to go. And, and the other thing that's ridiculous, I do have at least a dozen hats with me that I don't need. I'm wearing a, a road track beanie now. Uh, I've got, they're all over the dashboard, so two coats hung over the steering wheel. Anyway, I tidied up, turned the chair back, took a lot, some effort, some grunting and groaning, and then thought, you know, now would be a good time to have a, maybe a joint or something, a little high, why not, you know? And, uh, searched around, found some weed, but not um, not any rolling papers. I don't, damn, I left those back at home in another bag. So that was that. And then thought, well, I still I probably have the electronic device, the vaporizer, the, the uh, vapor that's never worked well. Um, my second electronic one, and again, neither of them have been good news. But uh, anyway... Where were we? The thread. So I figured, well, I'll get it out anyway. And uh, so I had to take the table down. I had the table set up here. And then that was what was really cozy. To be sitting here, a little table up, stereo on, candles lit now. Anyway, went and found it. And then lo and behold, oh, there's some rolling papers. Yeah, I got three packs of them. They're not at home at all. They're right here on the road track. So I was able to roll three uh, three little J's, and I partook of one about, uh, who knows, 15 minutes ago. And uh, boy, oh boy, for sure, it's doing the trick. And immediately I picked this thing up and started talking to you, and I thought, okay, if I, if I get too high, then I'm gonna get, it's going to get weird and it's not pleasant. Maybe just uh, talk for a little while while you're just, you know, rising up. And you still have some control over what you're saying, you know, your verbal output. Um, but no, I, I'm a little high, which is which was the plan all along. Sit here in the dark, coziness, candles on instead of an overhead light. My book's nearby. Uh, this CD has been on repeat for uh, several times now. Very, very pleasant. It was a gift from Wei, the one who wrote the book about uh, Chinese philosophy and humanism. And uh, it was used, I guess, at her husband uh, Tony's funeral. And I asked for a copy, and uh, this is it. So it's kind of special to me. So it's a special night. It's a special night. And it's the fourth anniversary, or fifth anniversary. This is the fifth anniversary celebration. So what a better, what a better way to celebrate it, to go inside and say, thank you, Sal. Thank you for the microwave. Thank you for the fridge. 
Thank you for the cupboard that stores so much. Thank you for the closet for all the food and stuff. Thank you for the uh, middle passenger seat so I can sit there with uh, put my feet up and uh, rest comfortably and feel cozy. Thank you for these seats that turn around. Thank you for this little table. And uh, thank you for the stereo system in the back. And thank you for the uh, sort of sofas in the back that turn into a bed, which uh, I'll be enjoying climbing into tonight. Thank you for the vent that appears to be working again. And the open windows and the three little road track windows at the top that lets light come in and you can see out of. Thank you for the awning outside. Thank you for the curtains and all the windows that if I really needed privacy, I could just draw all the curtains. But in a camps like this, you don't need it. You're fine just the way you are. Nobody can see you. So, uh, yeah, and thank you for the uh, trouble-free driving. And thank you for tomorrow when we turn a your first 100,000 kilometers. We're only 26 kilometers away from that mark. So uh, thank you, Sal, for all the uh, the good driving and how much fun it is to drive. And for the front radio and uh, uh, CD player that I can also connect up for podcasts and things using the auxiliary input. Thank you for all that. Thank you for the sink and the running water. Thank you, especially for the toilet. And uh, next week, Sal, as a present, we're going to get that uh, macerator fixed so I can properly drain the tanks. We hope. That's the plan. So uh, thank you, Sal, and thank you for the couple before me who looked after this thing so well and sold it at a reasonable price uh, and sold it to me because they gave me, you know, all right, you got about 24 hours to decide on that. Take a thousand down. And I did that. I did that. And uh, I'm glad. I, I don't think I realized at the time. It, again, sometimes future Ken seems to be helping out present Ken. I've, I've experienced this before. <laughs> it's quite funny having, uh, because boy, does that ever tie in with the uh, Asimov story I just finished. Uh, you know, people who can travel through time fixing the uh, changing something about a present because they could see where it'll lead to in the future if they don't eliminate this or stop that or interfere with this and they predict all the possible outcomes ah very very interesting read the end of eternity anyway uh, yeah so future can sometimes jumps back and says hey Buying that road truck is a good idea. Do it now. And it, and really, I swear by this. I know the tipping factor was, hey, you're uh, you're having trouble walking now. Thing like this, you don't need to be walking, hiking. You can just drive this sucker all over North America. And uh, that was the turning point. That was, yeah, okay, yeah, man, okay. If I'm going to have any sort of handicap problems, what a, what a perfect vehicle to have. Where I can so easily just set up, just plug it in, you're done. If it's, uh, if you don't like the looks of the uh, weather, crank out the awning. And that's it, you're done. Everything else works. So, very grateful. 
grateful for that. Last night's fire, I'll finish off after this, uh, but last night's fire, I was asking myself some serious questions like, well, what do you have to do? What do you, you've got so much to be grateful for. Like, you know, often I ask, what is the payback? What do you have to do to give back? Because if you get all this stuff, you got to give something back. And to who and how? And it's hard because I'm kind of a selfish self-indulgent, lazy person. And I'm looking after me, okay, but what am I really doing to help others? What more can I be doing for my wife to make her life easier, happier, more pleasant? And uh, to both my sons, for starters. And then who else is it you have to care about? Like, how far do you reach out? You know you, you know what's going on in the news. Um, just the... The people who are suffering, and you know, and this is the thing, you're sitting by a campfire and you're looking at that and you're knowing how hot that fire is and how it would hurt the human body. And you think of all the suffering in the world, all the people who are suffering, and you go there, you go into that place, you know, like, oh my God, I can't escape it. I know it's happening all around me, but I'm in this little bubble and I'm not suffering. I'm just, I'm just in such a wonderful, happy, lucky place right now, how bad it could be and how bad it is for someone else. But you still don't feel connected to that other person. And, and you know you're supposed to. You're supposed to feel that person's pain. You don't want to feel that person's pain. You want to oh, be grateful for all you've got. You don't want to give it up. You don't want to, you don't feel you're doing it at the expense of somebody else. Like it's, you know, pile and divide so many ways. And if you've got a nice big piece, somebody else has barely got any. Well, no, is that really what it is? Is my having this this relative comfort in my life just a lot of its good fortune, born at a certain time in a certain country, and other people, oh, my God, all the other possible times and places to be born into, and uh, how horrid some of them are, and have been and continue to be, and will be. So... Back to the question, what do you do about it? What do you do? What do you owe? What are you supposed to do? And all I could come up with is be nice to your friends. Be caring about the people you are close to and can be close to. You know, make other people you know feel good because there's all kinds of levels of suffering. There's depression, there's anxiety, there's paranoia, there's fear, there's insecurity. There's just so many other things that are still suffering. They're still, they're not letting a person live to their potential maybe their limiting factors maybe and and what can you do how can you just be nice to other people and uh, show some caring you know how hard is that to do how easy it is to do i like to think i'm doing some of that i know i'm not doing enough on the grand scale or further afoot but i i do like to think i've spread a little kindness could do a lot more, yes. Could do a lot more. All right. Jeez, you're not allowed to get away with too much these days. Oh, i got to turn the outside light off. Do I or don't I? Does it matter? It was nice sitting out there, but I don't think it's needed. So, bam, off goes the light. Thank you, Sal, for having an outdoor light, because that's nice when I'm at the campfire like last night or somewhere distant away sitting in the dark and I can look over and see this lovely light illuminating the side door that I enter by. How nice is that? So there you go. That's where I'm at these days, folks. I hope you enjoy. I, I enjoyed doing the Dixon Jane's podcast. You know, I should give myself a pat in the back for that too, because holy fuck, man, 
How many keep pumping them out every week? This is an un- this is an unusual thing. This is not with sponsors and producers. Well, you can tell that, yeah. Uh, but people behind, uh, you know, doing things for me. I'm just found this thing, and I just I just I don't have any choice. It's like people keeping a diary, a chronicle. This is my chronicle. It just happens to be in the form of a podcast that I like to think uh, gets a few listeners interested from time to time. But um, regardless, listeners or not, I I sort of have to do it. But I kind of hope it's preserved. Well, it is. It's up there. The first 500, first 600 maybe are up there on uh, what's that thing, uh, you know, where you can... uh, Put up all your audio and stuff. Forgot the name. Anyway, you know it. And that's where they are, and uh, there's another winter project. Uh, put up the next 200 or something. All right. I'm going to stop there. I, t- I picked a book out. Um, here, I'll put the light on for you. Something different from the reading that I'm doing. It's from the uh, Road Trek Library. Yes, thanks for the little library, too. And all the room for my CDs. Um, Imagining the universe, a visual journey. Uh, From inside the atom to the ends of space and time, the whole cosmos scaled to the human eye. It's a very neat book. Um, And it's one of these ones that keep magnifying everything, you know, uh, and then going the opposite direction, you know. So if the Earth was the size of a baseball and so on, uh, and and then you go from there. It, it's it's very neat, and it goes the opposite direction. It goes to the vastness of the universe and how far things are. Um, on this ridiculous scale, it's just insane. It doesn't make any sense. And then you go into the uh, breaking down the atom, going from you know the insect world smaller, going to grasshoppers, and next thing you know, you're in the... Sodium chloride, you know, magnified here in relation to a water water molecule, not a watermelon, a water molecule, and into the realm of atoms. We expanded a baseball to the size of the earth in order to render cells, bacteria, viruses, and molecules visible. To visualize a fundamental unit of matter, the atom, we will expand a baseball a great deal more. So much that it reaches from the Earth to the Moon. Ooh, so that's how big your baseball has to be to start uh, getting a scale that you can use for atoms. That's it. That's, that's good, eh? And that—that's what this thing is about. This this whole book. It's the kind of thing. It's a tripper, a trippy thing. But it's the kind of thing you uh, you want to have in your road trek library. So I, I got to be taking even more. Five years or so. Why? Why shouldn't it go on to ten? You know, here's me thinking. Oh, we have to sell up one of these days, but. Um, It'll take quite something for me to uh, to have to uh, to get rid of this thing. I don't really want to now. All right, anyway, be in the present. That's another lesson for all you boys and girls out there. Be in the present. It's tricky. It gets away from you all the time. <laughs> it just disappears. It's slippery. You know, squeezes you, squeeze your hand, and it, oh, it's gone. Where, what, what do I have to do tomorrow? And uh, what was that thing yesterday? You know, you're just you're just you're somewhere else. But to uh, I knew, <coughs> excuse me, I knew tonight I wanted to get into the now, and that's exactly what I'm doing. 
That's why I have. I'm sitting inside with the music, feet up, wearing my slippers, and candles going. So this is very much bringing me into the now. And I've created this little now, and that's, uh, that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to build a fire. This is what I wanted. And I'm glad I could see that, and I'm glad I could follow through. You know, my little instincts telling me, yeah, okay, remember how this started off? Well, you're not really feeling comfortable here. Do you want to sit by the fire? No, I want something else. Well, here we are. I'll sign off at that. I think most of that made sense. This is yours truly, the host, the wonderful, the one and only Scarborough Dude. Thank you, Bob. Goyetch. And good morning. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. How was that? Haven't done that for a while, have we? That uh, That's a sign that I'm in the vehicle. Yes, I, I was going to introduce you. Don't worry. No, uh, yes, sorry. Chicken is here, too. All right, chicken. Go back in your box. No, go back, go back. Um, yeah, I'm sitting in the road track, and I am about to have my first sip of my first coffee of the day. It is... Uh, Ooh, what is it? It's Tuesday. Hmm. If I've been celebrating the wrong day, is this the fifth or the fourth? Because the fourth was uh, the birthday or the anniversary. Today is. Come on. Oh, it's the fifth, yeah. Today's the day we hit 100,000 kilometers on the way home, but uh, it is only 9.15 now. Boy, I didn't get up till uh, quarter to. Nine, was that it? Yeah, about that. Because when you're sleeping in this vehicle, you can wake up in the middle of the night and you can decide, oh, do I want to read? Do I want to just get a new position? Do I want to check my, uh, you know, social media? But eventually you get back to sleep and then uh, there's nothing really. There's no sounds. There's nothing that wakes you up in the morning. So you can sleep right through. So that was good. That means I've had a good night's sleep and uh, very comfortable. You may hear in the background, I could hold it up, I guess. It's very faint, I suppose, for you, but for me it's perfect. Um, Some absolutely beautiful choir music. I found a CD yesterday. I found two CDs. I put on Revolution. Well, I'd had the toke, so on goes Revolution. Man, there's some power in those songs. It's even got Yoko Ono uh, screaming about women. Uh, taking over the world, uh, and to her credit, not uh, not much of a voice, but she's got a message. That's for sure. Hang on, I gotta get a bite of my sandwich. Mm. So yeah, the first coffee of the day. I'm looking at a can of beans, some leftover pasta, and an egg, and that might be my breakfast. Oh, and some uh, uh, sausage. Hmm. So I'm probably going to make breakfast, use a fry pan. Um, every trip I tell you that, you know, I try and improvise something. I'll tell you, before the next trip, I've got to fix my coffee pot. The handle for the pot, which gets very hot, it's metal. Um, the handle's plastic, but it's attached only with duct tape now. 
when that duct tape has worked its way loose or whatever from, I don't know, whatever reason, but it needs a repair job. Or there's going to be an accident with hot coffee, I can tell you. So that's it. But uh, this system of camping and then turning around the passenger seat to face the back, it creates a whole new area of space. Like you, you, you open the side door, that's what you enter and exit from, sort of the middle door where the middle seat is. And suddenly, instead of looking at the back of a seat and having to reach over, you've got this big open space. So again, right now, I'm sitting the front driver, front passenger seat, facing back, feet up on the middle seat, trying to explain here, try and visualize. Uh, and God damn, it's comfortable. And the stereo, because I've got that on, it's, it's surround sounds of the speakers in the front. It's coming through. Uh, I've got the table put up. And was, this, this is the way I've got to do it every trip. Because I've always been, things get, sort of get tossed into the front seat out of the way. You know, your clothes at night and stuff. Um, this way, there's just plenty of room to be just a little better organized, a little more comfort. And that's what you're looking for when you're doing when you're camping. I mean, this this applies even for tent camping. You you get a system. What goes into the tent? What goes sort of in the vestibule area? What stays locked in the car and where? Oh my God! I could never go back to a tent. And there's somebody else who's running it, like a safari or something. And all right, here's your bed. It's all made up, ready for you, sir. All right, thanks very much. Oh, it's cozy. But uh, if I'm doing it on my own, well, this is the way. Now, of course, none of that is of any interest to you, the listener. So what is of interest? Well, I just want to say I'm a happy dude today. I'm, uh, I'm going to go ahead and enjoy breakfast. I'm going to have... I don't have to leave. I mean, it's just a two-hour trip home. So, I mean, I could stay right till two, which is when you're supposed to leave the park. I usually leave, make sure I'm, you know, gone by, on the road by one thirty or so. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It'll be what it'll be. It'll be a slow drive. I'll go through Omimi again, which I'm excited about. I'm sure when I read the um, um, Neil Young biographies that that was where he lived as a kid. I know he was from the prairies originally. Uh, played up in Thunder Bay, but he ended up here as, as a child, I know. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that's just part of the lovely drive home, which I enjoy too. And and always there's a feeling, and it's a thing you're aiming for anyway on a trip like this, a feeling of relaxation, a feeling of calmness. And it's it's your mind and body. Both are feeling good. By the time I'm aiming this and taking these side roads I talk about and staying off the 401 and uh, just, you know, getting my way home, music on, it's just a very, very good feeling. So I think I should just end on that note and enjoy my coffee and uh, a little more of my Kerouac book. He's just signed up um, to join the Merchant Marine. You knew that. He went out on the Dorchester. And, um, my God, if you're only going to read one biography, 
of Kerouac. I mean, everybody's read the Ann Charters book, and there's, there's a lot. Um, I'd say, well, pick this one. The Voice is All, The Lonely Victory of Jack Kerouac by Joyce Johnson. All right, so I'm back into that. Boys and girls, I hope you're happy that I'm happy because uh, I suppose, I mean, I probably podcast when I'm not so happy to. You've heard those, I'm sure. But uh, hallelujah. This is a uh, sayonara from Emily Park. Oh, I've just finished packing. It took me a little longer than uh, than usual. I did all the dishes this morning. It, it's just the other thing about these camping trips is you learn to become more efficient. I know, I know, I know. I say this every time, but it's just it's such a good life lesson. It's so simple that there's an order to do things, and so. I don't wash the dishes till the last day, and I use that basin I bought like each trip. Remember, there was just a few podcasts ago. Oh, I got a little basin that will fit in the sink, and then I can just dump the water rather than go down the drain. Uh, and that's what we did. Left them to dry, went on to the other chores. And uh, finally, I mean, there's a lot of brushing of leaves off the awning. You don't want those staying up there and rotting. I probably left about eight or nine leaves I just couldn't reach anyway smacking from the inside and so on but anyway that so that was done and for a guy who's basically lazy trips like this are wonderful for me because I know I have to simply do these things you know to prepare a meal you gotta have the stuff ready you gotta have it in order you gotta know where things go you gotta know where things go back you gotta know where to find things you gotta follow a system and gosh it's just such a, a nice life lesson. And I think that's why people who are into other hobbies, like, say, bicycling, where there's an, a degree of efficiency, especially if you're going long distance, you might be, you know, carrying things with you, lightweight, of course. Uh, people who do uh, back uh, backcountry camping, you know, that's beyond me. I'm doing the easy way, but it's still, there is there are things to do. Which fits where, you know, how do you get that? big chair that uh, Road Trek gave you to fit underneath the uh, rear seat, you know, and how does it wedge in and what goes before and after that? And where do you put the dirty, greasy, uh, silver thing you use for cooking your hot dogs? You don't want that touching uh, good material. Uh, right now, it's, it's a filthy mess. It's a mess inside. A few weeks back, I took up the real carpeting and put laid down this black stuff and it was grooved. And learn too late that it catches everything. Number one, it's terrible on your bare feet. It really hurts because it's ribbed. And uh, secondly, it just catches absolutely everything, and you can't sort of sweep it off. So uh, I'll I'll hope I've got still have some kind of a high power vac I can use. But uh, anyway, there's a, a big cleaning job ahead of me. Uh, next thing, of course, is to take it in for repairs. The the ceiling fan is again not working. It's been intermittent. And uh, it's time to have it fixed because that's something. If you don't have your ceiling fan going at a good speed when you're cooking bacon and things, your alarm goes off, uh, the smoke alarm. And that's always a pain. And usually I just wrestle the battery out of the box. But uh, if you have the ceiling fan going and the door open, you're, you're usually fine. 
but uh, it's not uh, today's decided not to work who knows what or why or how um anyway that was it i just uh, just thought we'd we'd close off i've i've done everything it's about uh, is it 130 this is my time for leaving but it's uh, yeah 125 uh, a little behind schedule but i just thought okay i've earned another Five or ten minutes just to read uh, one more passage of uh, the Kerouac bio. Um, I, I did. There was one very interesting thought. He signed up on the Dorchester, made one trip out, and then came back and didn't get accepted into a program that would have paid a scholarship. He, you know, he failed the test um, and then is going to be enlisted. And um, he sort of spends a bit of time in uh, a prison. He says he was sort of faking mental Un, unfitness uh, but he may have actually had a breakdown around that time he's seeing his friends go off he, he was a pacifist he he didn't see the point of war the, his father of course had a terrible attitude it was just the fault of these commie Jews starting the whole thing why should we be involved I think a, a lot of well, I have to be careful what I say here but in Quebec there was not a, in, in the Canadian side there was not a lot of enthusiasm for going off to war. It was a European problem. Um, anyway, uh, so he he uh, was offered another trip out on the Dorchester, and he didn't take it, and that ship on that run sank and uh, lost the lives of 600 men. Kerouac would have been one of them. He was, would have been in the kitchen cleaning pots and pans or cooking bacon cooking bacon. Um, and you think, how would the world have been different if Kerouac had died on that ship and never written On the Road? How many young people were inspired by On the Road to give up their job, to go traveling, to to all the things that came out of the individual lives collectively? There would have been a... You know, I don't know. <laughs> of course, how could anyone know? But it's an interesting thought. Like, that really impacted an awful lot of college students. And who knows, you know, maybe had Kerouac died, there would have been a cure for cancer. Uh, (laughs) And it could go in so many interesting directions. But clearly, I mean, wow, the fact that he didn't and went on to to write all those books and influence so many people is interesting in itself. So anyway, that's the joy I take in in reading and speculating. So I'm going to get on. I'm going to read one more uh, little bit, and then I'm going to be on my merry way. So it's been nice sharing a little bit of time with you on Emily Provincial Park. It's really funny that now, 48 hours after arrival, the sun is just starting to peep out behind the clouds. This would be a perfect time to be arriving. But it isn't to say I didn't have a wonderful time while I was here. I had a fire the first night. Last night, I really enjoyed my indoor night. So cozy and uh, and, and uh, content. And uh, it's all been good, you know, no matter what. And the rain was at a minimum. It only rained during the night once. So it didn't impact my uh, being outdoors. But now the sun is shining down. So it's going to slow me down. It'll be a nice drive home anyway. Scarborough Dude signing off from Emily Provincial Park. You boys and girls out there, take care and uh, be good to somebody. Be kind to somebody. Do something nice. That makes you feel a little bit of a warm glow, but uh, you don't have to tell them, hey, look, I did something nice for you. Now, what do you owe me? Uh, No, just go ahead and, and be nice to someone. All right? Take care. Bye for now.